With high expectations, humans leave Earth to begin a new life in space colonies. However, the colonies soon descend into violence and chaos as people are unable to agree on the quality of a popular mecha anime series from the mid-1990s. Hoping to solidify its dominion over the colonies by settling this dispute, the United Earth Sphere Alliance launches an unprecedented judicial undertaking, Operation Litigate. The Alliance seeks to bring the results of these secret proceedings to the galaxy by disguising them as a podcast. The People vs. Gundam Wing. Colonel John Q. Renata the 13th, Esquire. For the prosecution. A true student of war and the law. Biliardo. Peacecraft. Judge Presiding. The honorable unemployed podcaster, Josh Darnell. May it please the court. The case in question is Case 109 Portrait of a Ruined Country. Original air date 3. 16-2000. In hopes that I will be allowed to return to my own timeline once this question has been settled, I now call these secretive proceedings to order. May I reiterate for the mission logs that our objective is to restore justice and peace to the colonies by answering the unanswerable question, is Mobile Suit Gundam Wing rad or is it bad? A reminder that these secretive proceedings are being recorded as a podcast, so please lean in toward the microphone. Mr. Peacecraft, as the prosecution, I assume you have some mean stuff to say? Your Honor, it is with a sense of purpose that risks death that I stand before you today. We have watched, horror-stricken, as this mecha anime program has heaped sin upon sin for eight episodes now. Can we remain still? upon the precipice of the ninth episode. No, we must attack. Attack this vain, shallow piece of marketing propaganda for my distant relation, Miliardo Peacecraft, and his laughable Edsel of a mobile suit, Tall Geese. Much like the inanity of a mobile suit so fast that you will die if you pilot it, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing is an oxymoronic shambles. An anime so dumb that your will is eroded by the speed at which it serves up explosions, tasteful 90s crop tops, and screaming. Always the screaming. Moreover, it is a fact universally knowledge that the preeminent model of mobile suit, best designed for speed, vigor, and tactical supremacy, is my own. The graceful, yet deadly, short ducks. My esteemed colleague for the defense may not follow the path I have chosen to take, but it is only because he follows a path for fools that he foolishly trots alone. This concludes my opening statement. I am finished speaking. And Colonel Kushronada, you'll be wanting to apologize for this show's many obvious flaws? Indeed, Your Honor, I will apologize. But not to you. Or him. That mean person in the silly mask across from me. How 
How dare you? There are many people on the path that I am on. They're just all dead. All dead in Shimoda. Thank you. Haunting. In accordance with Scott Bakula's Tome of Secrets, we will now hear evidence presented in the format agreed upon by the Grenada Accords of UC-0080, audio recordings of three white guys interrupting each other. Cool. Mobile Suit Bliff, activate that Just Wild Beat communicator. Just Wild Meat. Mmm. Are they saying wild beat or one beat? Wild beat. Is wild, wild okay. Beat. Okay. I was correct. Because I as I was watching these episodes yesterday, I thought I heard them say one beat, and I thought, man, I've been I've been doing that wrong for like eight episodes. No, you got it right the first time. Good, 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 good. I that's, thought they were saying terrific. just one feet. <laughs> just one feet. Like, that's not even right. Nope. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Japanese people. Oh, the, the Hulu commercials were trying to get me to play a game called Genshin Impact. All right. Uh, so the I, I don't know if that's something y'all have heard of before, <laughs> but the, either way, the, the point is that the the anime has made its way into my algorithm now. Like, oh, this yeah. is what you like. Between this and Demon Slayer that right. I'm watching at the same time, it's like, would you be interested in this game? We think you would. It's free to play. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It looked pretty from the commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh. I actually have some evidence to enter into the record. Okay. Because I I happened to listen to uh, the last episode where I said I wouldn't look up all the pilots' ages. Mm -hmm. So I I did. Uh, So apparently, I was way wrong. You were. Canonically, all of the pilots are 15. Mm -hmm. Oh. They're all the same age. Yeah. Is Uh, there a reason for that that we will learn? or I don't think so. I think it's just uh, convenience for... Being a shonen uh, manga or shonen anime, where they want to be young men but not quite not over sixteen, you're like a man in yeah. Japan, so they have to be fifteen. So they're right at the line, so like twelve year olds can look up to them. Also, interestingly, Relina is fifteen, but Zex is nineteen. Oh, okay. And Trey's apparently is one hundred and sixty five. Twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> and he is a fast tracker then to have made mm-hmm. it to that rank by the age of 24 what about Catherine bloom did it does it say i couldn't find that let me see if i can find that out real quick what about uh what's her name who oh seven? noin is 19 as well noin is 19 okay let's see she is 17 Catherine bloom oh well okay all right all right, all right. so 17 and 15 that's that's no that was who was the uh what's her name who was the major from last week who was so oh, obsessed um, with uh, uh, Major Sally. Sally? Yeah, Major Sally. Let's see. She's yeah. 38. So it's weird. She's old enough for it to be weird. Sally Poe is 19 years old. <laughs> their, their rank system, it's like Confederate Army rank, where like you can be you can be a you can be like a, a lieutenant colonel at the age of twelve if your father <laughs> was uh, part of the aristocracy. He's of good breeding. Now he can't lace his own boots yet, but we'll let him take fifteen thousand men into battle. You have to sign up when you're fourteen years yeah. old. Uh previously on Gundam Wing, Duo and Katra are discussing their un- unerring faith in Hero. Uh, 
We get another Which, shot of the ten percent of the time it works every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My favorite line from that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then we show we see Hero screaming that he totally failed, even though he actually didn't fail in regards to the task that that Duo and Kacho were talking about there, right. which was getting down there and disarming right. the explosives. Right. He failed in a more he failed in his task of not letting himself be duped into murdering the wrong people. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, that, that's not clear from the previously, but like it'd be weird if you were just jumping into this show at this at yeah. this point anyway. Yeah, it would be. So I think it's safe to assume that anyone watching this has seen the previous episode unless they just happen to drunkenly find Toonami. I honestly wonder if they're just messing with people at this point. Or they're like, oh, you get the narration dump at the beginning. You get that little thing, that little lead in. So that we're giving you enough to go on. That'll fill you in. So we're just going to put weird things before that. Well, I mean, t- technically, like when this came out in 2000, there was no streaming, and I, don't, and I assume when they released in the US, the DVDs and stuff weren't available. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of just caught random episodes unless you watched it really did. every day. Oh my god, I can't imagine having to like piece this together over time by finding random out of order episodes. Just imagine if you watched every episode in a week, but you missed one. You'd be totally lost. You'd be completely yeah. lost. Yeah. yeah. Noin and Zex stand on the bridge of something, some building or ship uh, in Luxembourg. Uh, Noin says, thanks to the Lightning Count, we were able to keep the town from being demolished. Have they called Zex the Lightning Count prior to this moment? Yes. yes. Okay. Just they in have. passing. Just in passing. Okay. Because I remembered that he was the Lightning Count, but then I couldn't remember yeah. when to. that became the case. Uh, Zex points out that the Alliance is probably regrouping for a counterattack. Noin says that the beauty of these towns doesn't change no matter who rules it. Um, and then Zex points out to her that the objective of Oz isn't to rule, it's to free the world from the Alliance's stranglehold. And she's kind of like, yeah, yeah, right, for for sure, for now. For now now it is. (laughs) Noin is a little all over the map. Yes. Uh, in terms of her feelings towards the people that the only thing she's consistent in is her devotion to Zex. That's basically how it will always be. Okay. All right. So because of her relationship to like her job and the organization or organizations that she works for is uneven, even from like line to line. Sure. She's like a loyalist and then she's a doubter. But I guess I guess she's there for the Zex. What horrible bloodshed. <laughs> <laughs> I hate violence. Now die as I shoot you from the feet, working my way up your ankles and knees. Uh, I think it's just that uh, the purpose of women in Gundam Wing are to be devoted to a male character. Right. And be the other person they talk to when they want to show you something about the male character. So it's interesting you said that now. You, you preempted a note that I had later, I think in this episode, but possibly in the next one. But I think it was for this episode where I asked myself or the Word document that I was typing into, will there ever be a woman in this show who exists for any reason other than showing complete devotion to a man no matter what degree of assholery he brings to the table? Uh, there will never be a woman character that only does that. Okay. Yeah. There will be one I can think of that has something other than being devoted to a man that's important for the story. Because yeah. Lady Un, I mean, in some, to be fair, sometimes she deserves to kind of be reined in a little bit. But like, Trey's belittles her at every turn, despite her efforts to do the best job for him that she can. Right. Um, Relina could doggedly pursues I changed schools Hero, that's not weird I changed schools for you despite the fact that he has tried to kill I like that Duo finally points that out 
Like, oh, wow, I wish all women were so devoted to men who tried to kill them or something. It's actually heroes, a super weird one. I love the heroes like, We haven't seen Zex be mean to Noin, but like, it seems like she's total puppy dog to him, too. Mm-hmm. Catherine Bloom is already hopelessly devoted to Troa, despite the fact he has given her nothing to go on. He, you know, so I, I, obvi- a pretty obvious pattern. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because this was aimed at, like you said, like 12-year-old boys. It's kind of the intended audience, and that's probably appealing when you're that age and you're terrified of women. And the closest female relationship in your life for most boys that age to that point has been your mother, I mean, who that, is devoted to you no matter what. That is part of it. Uh, I think part of it is just it's coming out of Japan in the yeah. 90s. Because America was a bastion of no, uh, progressive I'm not, values. Always, I'm, I'm always not saying, has been. I'm not saying. Always has been. I'm no, not, no, you're right. You're I'm right. not saying America That should be our slogan. America, like, we've always had it right when it comes to progressive values. America, Never. we nailed it the first nailed time. Nailed it. <laughs> God. Constitution, day one. Boom. <laughs> Equality for everybody. Nailed it. First draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zex says, this might seem unnatural coming from me, but I believe that due respect should be given to Oz for giving the countries a chance to repair the mistake of forming the alliance in the first place. So Oz seems to be, at least as Zex understands it or as he's presenting it, anti-global governance. Yeah. At least. As they're presented now. As they're presented now. That's unusual because a lot of baddie organizations from similar properties around this time were the other way around. They were trying to unify the world. It's always some bad guy who's trying to unify the world under a single... Not, let's break y'all up and let y'all be free and do your own thing. That's not usually what the bad guys do. Especially in this sort of like I think of it, late Cold War. Yeah, I think it, their their first goal is to free everyone from the alliance. And then be the new alliance. And then trick all the countries into choosing Oz instead of just conquering them. It's kind of how it's, I, I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're purposely creating a power vacuum. Yeah. yeah. And then they're just going to like stand next to the power vacuum and whistle until someone says, hey, why don't you fill that power vacuum? Uh. And conveniently, the narrator spells some of that out for us oh, yeah. later yeah. on, which I have feelings about. Uh, a dude interrupts to tell Zex that uh, a carrier full of suits has arrived. We cut away to a gangplank uh, dropping down on a runway, and, and Zex's Jeep does like this totally unnecessary power slide. Like, weet! like it, and it's like they have the film running a little too fast because it sort of goes, weet! and then he pops out in a very un-Zex. Everything he does is usually very slow and controlled. Right. Um I think it's just a weird thing in the animation, but it looks like they had it dialed up to like 1.5 speed. And so if you notice it, the visual effect is silly. Yeah, They just use less frames. He was real excited to see Talgy. Well, and Otto, Otto. apparently. Yeah, because he says, Otto, I'm so glad to see you. Otto (laughs) staggers to the door, sweating (laughs) and clutching in his midsection. I've returned, Lieutenant. And his... Attaché, uh, if lieutenants can have attachés in this world, uh, jumps up and he's like, you shouldn't even be standing. His ribs are broken. He's got internal injuries. And he goes, keep it to yourself. Because um, you're doing such a great job hiding it, Otto. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have known you were hurt from you limping down the gangplank. Be like, oh, I'm, I'm Don't blow up his spot. Yeah. Totally fine. Uh, Zex, this tall geese you've been waiting for is one vicious suit, uh, which is our first hint that there's something about the tall geese. It's a little hard on the pilot, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Yep. A um, little bit of a design flaw there. Um, 
And we see, I think for the first time, the reveal of the tall geese with all of its Gundam-esque stylistic flourishes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's awesome. It's got like a mohawk and it just looks cool. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a great look. It looks intimidating, but also looks like what a Gundam, like the things we've come to expect to see on a Gundam at this point. Um, Noin remarks that it's nothing like the scrapped project of 20 years ago, that piece of crap we had sitting in an abandoned hangar. Uh, so I think it's auto points out the, the revolution speed of the Verniers allows it to reach more than three times that of the Aries. Uh, we were unable to determine the max speed because I passed out <laughs> during the trials <laughs> from my significant internal yeah. injuries. I like it. It's like, this is the mobile suit with no safeties, no limiters, no nothing. And uh, like, is it supposed to be the G's that are making it dangerous or is it just something in the interface of... No, it's the G's, the, G- the literal G-force. Yeah. Because basically the tall geese is so big and so heavy. heavy. It's but made it, of titanium. Right. That it basically has to tr- produce a tremendous amount of lift right. to move it all. And then they just kept making the the boosters bigger and bigger and more powerful. Right. So that to really make it effective, you need to go faster than a human body's really designed to tolerate. Because the, the effects on the human body seem a little uneven. Like it, it, it broke bones <laughs> in yeah. auto. Yeah. But then Zex had a heart attack uh-huh. later uh-huh. when he's on it. So we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I assume Otto, like, maybe he, like, came unbuckled and, like, crashed against the front. Bouncing around in there. Bouncing yeah. around in there or something. Uh, so anyway, we, we, all that aside, we've established Toggy's bad bitch can't yeah. be flown just by anybody without <laughs> hurting themselves, right? Not made for normal people. The actual usage of this incurs a cost. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. tells you that it's going to be really powerful. Yeah. It's a cursed item in D&D. Mm-hmm. Like, it will grant mm-hmm. you tremendous power and advantage, but you will pay a price every time that you use it. Um, Zex is sort of like, okay, well, I'll be using this right away. Uh, sorry <laughs> for the trouble. I'll take him to the medical room. We got a mission. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He, they take him off grunting and groaning. Um, Zex is super nice to this guy. I I don't know that it's ever spelled out, but you get the impression later on that they go way back. They do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. From back to the, the Saint Kingdom days. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a shot of him being stretchered off in full dress uniform. And because they didn't want to animate it, he looks dead because he's yeah. still, uh, which made me laugh. I don't know why I wish bad things for Otto <laughs> or why I'm amused by his pain, but you know what? I am. Maybe that's that haircut. Uh, Zex tells everybody, hey, get it, t- sells her to get everybody ready to roll because they're going to go free the Sank Kingdom. Uh, Noin is first shocked by that um, and then double shocked that he's planning on taking the tall geese out into action without even giving it a test ride. Isn't that dangerous? So don't worry, I'll be taking it easy, but I'm willing to take my chances with this mobile suit. She kind of gives him an apprehensive look as he walks up the ramp. Sank Kingdom, Zex's hometown audience just in case wink you needed to be reminded of this thing that was already established uh but that can be useful i get it there's a there's a lot of moving pieces a lot of moving pieces very cool shot of zex here blurred in the foreground as he's sort of approaching the tall geese yeah yeah. as it's towering uh, above him uh it's not relevant to anything else we'll discuss i just wanted to point out that i love the shot that's a cool shot and I love what that comes next for reasons <laughs> that go well beyond art, well beyond anything having to do with the story. Because now we do a hard cut to duo and hero straight balling. 
Colin, son. Yes. yes. The score is 100 to 99. <laughs> and it's weird that it's that close because we know that these guys are like bioengineered super soldiers at this point. I assume Hero is just standing in the middle of the court most of the game. I, I, I think the implication here is that Duo and Hero will not get their asses back to the other end of the court to play defense. Yeah. Because they know when it comes down to it and it's 99 to 100. They'll just be able to score at will. Yep. And they do. Like, Duo just nutmegs it straight through two defenders who look, charge it, who charge at Hero like they're going to tackle him, which, you know, wrong sport, but whatever. Uh, Hero alley oops it to himself. Yep. Yep. Off the backboard, tomahawk dunk, and then just hangs there with one hand, expressionless on <laughs> the rim, which is the sickest own. It really is. Of these poor, unnamed public school kids. Yeah. This is one of those scenes where, like, the powerful 90s energy of this awesome. show yeah. beams out of the... Uh, it made me grin from ear to ear. I, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Especially from like hyper-serious military to like sweet... I'm playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was super... Even like the sort of like uh, street court setting is yeah. super mid-90s. Mm-hmm. You know, every movie, every cool movie had that scene back then. Uh, the girls cheer from the stands and duos like, wave back or something, you big weirdo. They're cheering for us, superstar. And then Hero does what Hero does, which he walks off skulking. Um, cut to a bench by a by a beautiful bay, and Duo comes barging up on Hero's quiet time. So this is where you went, and he, you know, congratulates him for his good sense in changing schools uh, from the one that was like destroyed a couple of episodes <laughs> ago. I mean, he did change before it was destroyed. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which probably made the whole paperwork part of that easier because mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they're that they're. Uh, their computers were destroyed uh, when the building went down. Uh, and also where everybody, like, presumably words gotten around at that school that he was, like, a terrorist Gundam pilot. Uh, and let, maybe Rolina's really good at keeping her mouth shut. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't remember, like, was she the only one that saw him that knew it was him in the Gundam? Pretty sure. Uh, maybe. Yeah. So. yeah that's, so. that's believable. Um, you know, Everyone else was, like, cowering and eating French fries. I don't, I don't know what they're he goes like, what's the idea? And he says, I'm just trying to act normal. He goes, you stand out, <laughs> which made me laugh. It's funny. Um, for, for all the bad voice acting in this, occasionally like the comic timing is pretty good. Uh, Duo tells him uh, he wouldn't be so suspicious like if he acted natural, you know, like walking around shouting and calling everybody pal and having a French braid down past your waistline. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so Duo's not really in a position to, to lecture about that. So Hero tells him, hey, leave me alone. Uh, and Duo kind of winks. He's like, and stay out of your way too, right? Basically, then goes on to explain that he knows that they're both out to destroy the same ship. The thing out in the bay that they're looking at, it's weird the way it's designed. Is that a ship? It looks like a building. It's wider at the bottom. Than it is <laughs> like it looks like there's like a bridge, not it's, a bridge like a ship has, but like a bridge like. A, I'm guessing it was a more complicated Japanese word, I'm, like. I'm guessing it's a nautical base. facility it's or a something. Ba- it's a base. It's a base. It's yeah. A yeah. Base. Like but a f- they do say ship. I didn't mistranscribe that. It's just mistranscribed. It probably was like a floating base in Japanese. They're like ship. It's called a ship. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I figured that that had to be one of those yeah. one of those types of things because that's clearly not a boat. Yeah. Um, not a big deal because it doesn't like super matter in the long run of things. Um. And he proposes to make a little friendly wager on it. And as they're kind of sort of joking around about that, a pink limo rolls up. Oh, yes. And I thought, you've got to be kidding. This is not how they reintroduce her to the story. 
but it is. I found you. I, I found, found you, hero. I've hacked into every school in the nation. Anytime a hero Yui lo- <laughs> enrolls, I show up. I used my family's vast financial and political resources <laughs> yes, for that to transfer to PS 186 <laughs> to stand here while you hoop. Hoop for me. <laughs> hoop, hoop for me, hero. Oh, man. And the look. I, I even sent you guys a, like a screen cap that I took of the look on her face as she delivers the line, that, I found you, hero. It's not a normal person look. It's not. It none of not. The, none what, of the looks she has. What's the, what's the meme? It's the Kill Bill sirens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he, he, he reluctantly walks up to be <laughs> for you doing here. And all of a sudden, she's all sunshine. Hero, I wanted to see you. I'm like, that's a crazy person. <laughs> Everything she does in this episode is insane. Duo goes, well, she's not your average chick. You think, Duo? You think? Wanting to see a guy who tried to kill her. Uh, <laughs> Duo trying to catch up to what we've known since literally episode one. Yeah. Uh, cut to a soldier shouting really close to a radar screen. Like, it's just like he's going to kiss it. And he's like, ah, uh, there are a bunch of transport planes incoming and they're all Oz troops. An old commander missed the memo back behind him. It's like, what's going on? What's Oz trying to pull? Like 95% of the world military is dismantled at this point. The narrator actually does kind of explain this in a minute. Yeah, though. he does. Yeah, yeah, no, I have the exact same like, wait, how does he not know that there was an overthrow of a global military force? Yeah, because when it started, it seemed like everybody was aware of everything instantaneously. Yeah. Like yeah. when, uh, oh, what's the, uh, I don't remember the guy's name, the, fi- the field marshal who was killed accidentally by Hero. No, was like had one screen. It was like, oh, that base fell, that base fell, that base yeah. fell, and you assume that that information yeah. is readily available no. to everyone. It felt like they pushed the narrator out to quickly oh, go fix fill this. that hole. Go fix this. Oh, some of them don't know yet. Yeah, I oh. mean, it would make sense if you killed all the people in charge of an or- organization that perhaps some of the individual cells would, you know, maybe they don't. They don't talk to the it, whole. It is the drawback of reflexive lockdown as a safety and security measure, right. both on a small scale and on a large scale, is that lockdowns have their advantages, but they also make communication sure. more difficult. Um, it's just weird the way the way it paced out. It, like, it, it, it we, we both kind of had that. Wait, well, how would he? How would he not know? Yeah, this? like how yeah. long was he in Luxembourg before this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, the the planes start dumping their Ares payload. Uh, Zex tells them, "Keep your assault focus. Just take over the main facilities. You know, we're not trying to, not trying to wipe, not trying to turn the whole town into a glass parking lot or anything." And then here comes the narrator. I thought, okay, okay. Hello, Josh. I'm let, here to tell you some things. Let me tell you about how the Alliance military is being held in their bases, and the rank and file have no real idea of what's going on with us. That corrects that little mistake that we just made. Their seeming continuity error. Deep breath. So the Earth Sphere Alliance <laughs> began as an instrument for settling disputes, but soon took over governments after expanding its military power. Basically, they did the thing that like conservatives in the nineties and in the early two thousands, back before they like when they had positions that would now be considered like left of center. Uh, relative to to where the ideological mm-hmm. spectrum has shifted, right? We're really concerned at one point that the UN and their blue helmet peacekeepers were going to try to become a world government, right. which is hilarious because yeah. the UN like can't 
open a can of beans without <laughs> having. Yeah, I remember visiting the UN when I was in high school. So this was like 98. And we got the tour and we're like, what's up with those? How old are these chairs in here? They're like, oh, they're from 1964. They've never replaced them. Yeah. Because yeah. the UN doesn't have they they can't have money. Yeah. Yeah, they have no like consensus of popular will. I mean, this was always, but this was a popular fantasy mm-hmm. going yeah. all the way back to the inception of the UN, well, really, that, oh, you've created a one world government and all they got to do is get an army under their control and right. we're friggin' toast. <laughs> it was always ridiculous, but yeah. it's fine in a piece of pure fiction. Right, right, right. right. Like this. Um, they're sort of saying, yeah, that's crazy, but what if they did it? Uh, because that's what the Earth Sphere Alliance did. They were there for conflict resolution. Then they got their peacekeeping force turned into a full-blown military. And suddenly, they're uh, taking over governments and, and making them behave via military force. Um, but that military expansion was enabled. This is where the narrator goes too far. Okay, I don't mind a little bit of the backstory on the Earth Sphere Alliance. That's okay. That'd be hard to introduce into the dialogue in an organic sure. way. But military expansion was enabled by the suits provided by Oz. So many countries are pretty sure it will be the same military control under a different name. You don't have to tell me what people are thinking. That's the now. future. Yeah, that <laughs> hasn't happened yet. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this is. It's also just repeating kind of what Noin said in that one line she had. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I'll give you that part. I mean, and it said so much more elegantly when yeah. when Noin was like, "Now, yeah, yeah. yeah. right." But we all know there's the implication being we know where this goes. Yeah. We've seen this play before. Um, it, it, when you start narr- the narrator starts explaining things that presumably are going to happen like ten episodes from now, you know yeah. that's that's just unnecessary. I don't understand that decision. Uh, anyway, it's all soon forgotten because uh, we cut to a shot of the tall geese <laughs> engines firing up. Um, <laughs> Zex. His, his, the line deliveries here, I honestly can't tell if I love him or hate him. Uh, this is going to take a lot of effort, but I can't fail now in this. <laughs> no, it's. I, I love it. Well, I love it. I think it's hilarious because he picked a very specific voice, a yeah. very specific cadence, and you can't yell in that cadence. No, you right. Can't. So it kind of weirdly works for me a little bit because this is the first time we've ever seen Zach sweat. Yeah. Ever, it, it's a little silly. It makes made me chuckle, but because he has been so unerring in his cool, mm-hmm. the fact that he sounds uncool yeah. here mm-hmm. does effectively convey that he is in pain. Yeah. Like he is in fit because we've seen him face down death. Like he's hmm. he's fought Gundam One, you know, face yeah. to face, and was just like ah, whatever. Parachute time, boop, you know, <laughs> uh, it, and it was just no big deal to him. So the fact that he's like. This is a lot of speed. This, uh, <laughs> this thing is really fast. Zap zoom. <laughs> what have I done? Oh, God. Then he starts really just getting down on himself. Yeah. Uh, I could get away with an increase in input, so why am I hesitating? Uh, Noin gets on the comms, tells the Alliance to surrender. We don't want to fight you. Then the commander shouts back, well, you're the ones that attack, so you should be the ones retreating. Also, that... Sure, that makes sense. That... <laughs> it's a... I hope that's a translation error and not just a really... I mean, I guess it could be just a really dumb... It would be interesting, to, as as is often the case, it'd be interesting to know how the actual Japanese... What that... Yeah. A more skilled translator, what yeah. they would, you know... Like, really skilled translators know how to take figures of speech in yeah. one language and match them up with a figure of speech in another language, yeah. not just a word-for-word translation. 
Yeah. You get meaning instead of just syntax. Yeah, and I think this was a time before that was really a thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> At least for this show. At they least. didn't want to pay that guy. I mean, this Wherever that guy is, they didn't want to pay This show's decent, but I, I, yeah, no, it's it's way off. I feel like it's got to be like, you're the one who, you know, who can't, you know, make a dent. Because they're not making a dent at all because the lasers totally have them yeah. outmatched. It's something kind of like, we're the ones that are dug in. Yeah. Like, we're in a defensive mm-hmm. position. Yeah. And that that would make sense with what they do next, which is shout, stand by to fire the laser cannons. All right. Cool shot of all these turbo laser turrets just, <laughs> just like, like like porcupining yeah. out all over oh, this God, building. Oh, God, it had to be laser turrets. Yeah. <laughs> Noin goes, headquarters didn't mention lasers. Retreat! <laughs> and you see Ares suits exploding in this big hail of laser fire. And Noin says, damn, lasers. She and does say that. The hilarious. way it's delivered is in a very, like damn the way people lasers. say, gosh, darn it. Yeah. She's like, damn, lasers. Oh, it was you. like she was in Oklahoma. Yeah. And there were lasers. <laughs> oh, the lasers and the Aries should be friends. Um, <laughs> it's a very, what's her name? Uh, what's uh, Auntie, whatever, Annie uh, Eller. Yeah. Anna, for a, Ann for, Eller. Yeah, Ann Eller, yeah. 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 Ann Eller delivery. Um, Zex. Tells everybody, okay, y'all get the hell out of here. Uh, why am I acting like such a coward? I could defeat them with this tall geese. I could ignore the lasers and destroy their HQ. Uh, and he d- just <laughs> turns it around and dives at the base. <laughs> this is a good idea. Groaning in pain. Yeah. While he's continuing to question his own courage and hesitation. Yep. Uh, we see a shot of lasers bouncing off the tall geese hull. Uh, no need to remember it because we'll be treated to this exact same shot later with a mm-hmm. different pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, the the suit is capable of defeating any intermediate faces, but it does have one weak point. The pilot is a human being, and he sucks, and he's weak, <laughs> and he hates himself, and nobody really loves him. And his face is ugly. That's why it's under this mask. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some self My parents are dead. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some self-hate manifesting at, at, at an inopportune time. I, um, well, I think this is the only time ever that he's been pushed to a limit, you know? Yeah. Like, this is beyond him, clearly. This is the this trap point. of the hyper-competent. Yeah. Right. He the first, know. You don't know how to handle it when you're not actually competent. Yeah. Right. It's like, wait, I'm supposed to be good at everything. What the fuck is this? He's in over his head with this suit, yeah. and it yeah. is causing a full-blown panic attack. Yeah. Hmm? Um. And he also causes him to cough up blood. Yes. That's and not good. Uh, he goes, is this the end? Right as he's about to hit the base, he pulls back on the throttle. and like, Yeah, like, he aborts. Yeah, just <laughs> shoots straight up into the air. Um, cut away to Trey's and Lady Un, chilling on the private jet. Uh, Un says, Mr. Trey's, what would you suggest our next target should be? He He's simping a... A rather pink wine is that a is that Trey's likes a rosé every now and again. wine that you've been super <laughs> it's, it's probably is a muscadine. <laughs> Trey's. No, this is straight hunch punch. He made it in the tub. <laughs> if there was a shot of Lady Un, it's really back ornate there and having to ladle hunch punch out of a bathtub. It's a golden it. tub. <laughs> uh, he says, "Let's just keep fighting and winning." She asks, "Shall I interpret that as meaning we should conquer the Earth sphere?" Well, yes, that was the point of this entire exercise, right? I mean, that would be a pretty decent goal, I suppose. And he does say, that would be plenty. Oz would then be hated. It would become a target for the entire world. Those that are hated must remain strong. It would be the perfect motivation for Oz. And may I just say, I for one am so glad he's back on his bullshit. Trace started making a little too much sense <laughs> in the past two episodes. Same. I'm glad he is back to just spouting nonsense. 
that everybody has to be like, I yes, that is deep. Thank you, sir. Which is kind of what she does. There's a shot of her. She looks a little puzzled or a little taken with what he's saying. But the the amount of time they linger on the shot makes it go from she's impressed to she's thinking this guy might be full of shit. I think she's (laughs) well, she's confused for sure. Um, Yeah, no, he's 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 nuts. (laughs) And she just kind of stares at him. And again, if they had just bounced off that shot, it would it would have read like. Oh well, once again, you've you've blown me away with your wisdom, sir. But because she just hangs there, no, and th- stares for like five seconds where they cut away. I think they want her to be confused. You're like, I don't. They want us all to be confused. Understand? Like she's having a moment of I don't understand. I'm sorry. I thought we were on the same page, but well, it, well, it 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 tells us a little about Trey's as far as his motivations, or at least somewhat, because they're like, I want us to be strong. The only way to do that is to unify the world. In hatred, in hatred of Oz. Of Oz. Mm-hmm. Free them so that they can unify. Free them from their unification yes. so that they can be free to unify in hatred against us. Yes, to make us better. It's very <laughs> Ultimately, up. as a training exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think, Loki, we are getting sort of this glimpse that clearly no one really knows what Trey's ultimate goal is because Un's baffled. Every, he's clearly trying to figure out like what's the... What's the larger plan? And clearly, uh, Zex is off on some like, oh, well, this is this is noble crusade yeah, that yeah. we're a part of. And Noin is like, I don't know. So there's no, there's been no team meeting with like, this is what we're trying to do. I guess I want some reassurance that the writers know what Trace's long term plan is. I cannot give that to you. I will tell you <laughs> that we will find out at the very end. Oh, good. <laughs> Right before the credits of the Endless Waltz, the narrator comes back and he's like, hey, Josh, one more time. Let me uh, lay this out for you. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Um, yeah. No, they, yeah, I mean, they eventually tell you. They, 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 it just takes a while, like most things. Well, cut away from that to these sons of bitches laying in on Catra. For what? For getting out there and kicking ass? That's all Catra's done. He left them there. He left them there with their dumb fez hats and their their inferior uh, Gundams that like would probably just get blown up. Um, they're just oh, don't you trust us? Your father would kill us. And then three of them in unison go, Master Catra. He's just there's browbeating him. We get a shot of poor Catra just looking at his old downcast, looking at his shoes. Um, he apologizes, and Captain Rashid tells all of them to y'all fuck off and go. You know load up your, your weapons on your Gundams or whatever. Um, and he kicks him out. And then he's like, thanks, Rashid. And Rashid's like, I'm mad at you, too. I just wanted a personal audience to, <laughs> to make you feel even worse about this this affront to all of us. Uh, I mean, they're they're worried. I guess you get the idea from this. They have been charged by Catra's father, whoever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. But apparently someone who is extremely wealthy. I mean, Mr. And- Mr. Winner? Mr. Winner. Dadra. Dadra winner. Dadra winner. Uh, They're sending Catra into battle, but also they're supposed to keep him safe in battle. Like he's going on a top secret mission of destruction, but don't let him get hurt. Uh, Which is a pretty rich guy way of thinking about things. Yep. Actually. We're going to send you to war, but we're going to have a bunch of human and mobile suit shields in front of you. Have a bunch of meat shields around you because you're important, because you're wealthy. Um, he explains to Rashid that he met the other pilots. I'm pretty sure that they're 
that their suits their suits are similar. Pretty sure they're called Gundams. They're violent and dangerous, but they're all really nice guys. And Rashid says, "How do you know?" And Katra says, "I can tell. The soul of outer space told me." Yes. And then Captain Rashid mimics my internal response when he says, (laughs) "The soul of of outer space." Come again. (laughs) Katra says, "The soul." He doubles down. Doubles down. I am baffled by this exchange <laughs> and i don't i don't remember if this is like a recurring thing where Catra's always talking about the soul of outer space it's got to be just a bad translation thing or something that like uh i would be more easily recognizable to a japanese audience as a maybe. cultural touchstone yeah i feel like we're like something. like you know like like the spirit of the hills like we would know that's a joke <laughs> but we would get that it's a joke but it's delivered Dead serious. So, yeah. <laughs> the soul of outer space. The soul of outer space. Yeah. The soul of outer space. <laughs> <laughs> and Rashid's like, well, off to bed, I guess. So he just uh, doesn't really say anything. Well, but. I'm glad to hear that then. Okay. Uh, oh, good. Well, <laughs> that is a thing I I'm know. I'm glad they're nice boys. I wonder what those other boys are doing. Are they at the circus? I wonder. <laughs> Yes, they are. Two of them are at the circus. Uh, Wufei and Troa moping by the fire. Moping, doing what they do best. Uh, And here comes Catherine Bloom. Still sporting her her peacockery. Trying to get uh, some... some, uh, She's... Walks out in the in the outfit that that we talked about before. It was sort of like the first time we that we had seen um, uh, a a woman in this... uh, A woman or girl in in the show... um, depicted in like a sexualized nature. Mm-hmm. Like I know before she was like in her room and it was sort of like, Oh, she's having some dinner. She's just in her lounge where this, this felt kind of over. Like, I do think that they were trying to be like in as much as we can with a show for 12 or 13 year olds. Here's the sexy lady. Yeah. It's a sexy halter top. Cause Relena, Relena's always going to be in like her prep school uniform with a collar up past her chin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but this girl, she's a carny. We can, we can put her in a sexy halter top. Right. Um, she's low class. She's low class. Yeah. Um, Tro's like, what do you want? She says, nice greeting here. I thought I'd be doing you a favor bringing you this. And she gives him some really gross looking soup. Um, this is where I have my note about, is any woman in the show ever going to give a man anything other than devotion in return for him being an asshole? So far, the answer is no. no. Um, she tells him to clean the dishes when he's finished because you got to learn your manners at some point. And I really noticed her American accent is good. Yeah, it jumps through six different regions in the span of one <laughs> sentence. Clean your dishes when you're finished. Got to learn your manners while you're still young. <laughs> right by. Goodbye, bye. It's, it's, it's almost like a proto uh, Moira Rose Yeah, Shit's Creek. <laughs> That's very true, yeah. Um, and she thinks to herself, I guess, quiet people attract quiet friends. Troy pours a cup of coffee from the little fireside percolator, uh, and which made me think about Arthur Morgan's coffee pot and because I've been playing that game. Dutch. Uh, Dutch. It's some of this coffee. And hands it to Wu Fei. This might not be the best Java. He uh, says it even weirder. It's like yeah. ja- he says Java. 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 He says Java. Yeah. It's weird. Java. This might not be the best Java. Well, it's such a playful, like it's, sort of middle-aged lady colloquialism for coffee for yeah. for 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 Troa, who is just like the mope, the goth, like moping badass with his bangs in his eyes. Might not be the best Joe, the best go-go juice. Might not uh, be the best of cup of juice. Decaf okay? <laughs> <laughs> Wufei takes it, says, I've got no right piloting the Nataku. Oh, yeah? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah? 
that's it. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, really? Says, thank you. He does say thank you. Yeah. Tro's like, so do you, do you want the coffee or like, you? Because uh, I, you don't have. I mean, I just was gonna offer. I'm not asking you to pilot anything other than this <laughs> cup of coffee to your face. Uh, we cut away to Otto <laughs> flopped over against his Aries, grunting, still in pain. Did he didn't spend much time in the medical tent because now Zex is in there, which leads me to believe they kicked Otto out to make room for Zex. <laughs> Get out of here, you're you poor. You're fine. Get out of here. Um, you just got he, diarrhea. Get out of here. Just out there bleeding. Um, and Zex apparently had a heart attack. Yeah, that's what they say. Based, based on what the doctor said? Well, you're recovering well from the heart attack that you had 20 minutes ago, but there's still significant damage to your irregularity to your circulatory system. He says, you mean I should be glad to be alive? And then Noin is like, what What happened? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, which is a fair question. Yeah. Uh, and he tells her, basically, and, and again, I think a little got lost in the translation here, but I think what they were trying to say is that the tall geese has a reckless design that does not take the physical capabilities or limitations of the pilot Correct. into play. Mm-hmm. They say it in a much more confusing way. It right. does. But after backing it up and listening to what he said again and knowing what happens later in the episode. Yeah, let me reassemble that in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I had to kind of I had to retroactively reconstruct it. Yeah. But that's kind of what they're saying. It's yeah. like it's got this special design that just doesn't care about the life of the pilot. Maybe why it was mothballed in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and he's like, but I've become such a coward. The more I try to utilize the abilities of the mobile suit, the more I doubt my own abilities. Rather than a suit for battle, you could say it's a suit for dueling. It takes a brave pilot to bring out its true potential. And uh, she says, a brave pilot. And he says, brave enough to risk death for victory. I still have a long way to go if my own fears are putting me in the hospital. Which made me think that he had a heart attack because he got so scared. He was so scared. He was yeah. so scared that he had a heart attack. Yeah. Yep. Which would imply that he may have an underlying medical condition. <laughs> well, I think it's part also part of the concept. They're thinking of tall geese like an like an F fourteen. Mm-hmm. Like you need to have special training, like a compression suit, because it just goes so goddamn fast. You're going Mach six. Yeah. Your body's not built to handle it. That's what they're going for. Uh, and they also seem to be slowly dipping into this weird quasi-mystical concept with that and the Taurus that come up yeah. next episode where the they don't say the word AI, but it seems like some of the Gundams have like programs and an, an artificial intelligence that sort of guides them. It's heavily implied that the Tall Geese has a will of its own. Right. And that in a battle, it might even just decline input from the pilot mm-hmm. and follow certain battle patterns, which is, is kind of cool because I've wondered what degree, if any, kind of artificial autonomy the Gundams have. We haven't really seen... We have seen them do things without the pilots in them, right? but not make decisions, more just sort of follow programming. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the first time they've really tiptoed out of those waters. Yeah, they kind of play around with that because it's like they're beasts or horses in a lot of ways. Yeah. They, they are trained, and different ones will do different things, but sometimes they'll they'll buck you, you know. Yeah, and the more advanced they are, I guess. Mm-hmm. The other thing that made me okay, so th- this this happens to any adult man who tries to fly one of these things. The Gundams are similarly fast, similar. I guess maybe because they're Gundanium, maybe they're lighter. They are much lighter. Okay, yeah. So, or, or I didn't know if that was the case, or maybe because the guy, maybe that's why they put children in them. I, because the children are smaller. I don't know they if they establish that or that's just like a head cannon that I've always had. Yeah. But I think that is that makes just makes sense. 
there's something they can do with the kids training from an early age to like inure them to yeah. be also they heal faster they're more flexible yeah all that stuff uh so noin's like hey you gotta rest he wants to go she says okay fine but not on the toggies he says well the whole point of me going is to take the toggies um it's essential because the gundams inherited the same reckless design i have to understand this device and be able to pilot it in order to defeat them um Otto staggers away from the tent, having overheard this whole thing, and says, the Togis is for suicide missions. Why, well, I'm going to go kill myself, because then Zex will finally love me. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, he does point out that the Gundam pilots are, are clearly searching for a battle suitable for their own deaths. So to be a Gundam pilot is to eventually sacrifice your life, mm-hmm. uh, sort of, to your Gundam. Yeah, you, you can't halfway pilot a, a Gundam. Right. That's the idea. Yeah. There, are, there are no hobbyist Gundam pilots right. out there. Noin tells him to rest, and he says, fine, we'll attack tomorrow evening. She says, okay, great, sir, thanks. Cut to Otto, dragging himself up to the cockpit of the tall geese. He salutes, and the tall geese roars to life. Uh, phone rings inside the tent. Somebody obviously telling Noin that the uh, that the tall geese has been engaged. Uh-huh. Zex pops up on the screen and Otto's like, Otto, what the hell are you doing? And he gives this whole speech about, I'm going to use this tall geese to take over headquarters of the Saint Kingdom. I love you so much. Please allow me to do this for your sake and not for Oz. Uh, he sounds very much like he has a crush. Zex just inspires incredible loyalty. I think... Like now that we've seen, we know that Relina is also a peacecraft. Yeah, they're trying to establish like it's in their blood. Yes, people want to worship them. They're like a thousand generation monarchs, right? Who just their very name and and they're god kings. Yeah, basically, they're god kings. like people want to worship them, have irrational connections and love for them. Yeah, uh, it helps make some of the earlier episodes where the screaming girls whispering about Relina. And wondering what she's doing all the time. Slightly make a little more sense. And later on, I think in this episode, when Relina suddenly has the same cadre she's of She's been stalkers, to school for an afternoon. An afternoon. Yeah. And they're like, Relina, Relina, hero, hero. Uh, he says, I will attain victory in return for my life. And then he kills the comms. Uh, weird time to cut away to Relina, but we do. Uh, she's talking to a picture of her family. Because it's Relina, it's unclear if she realizes that that isn't actually her family. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've come all the way here just to chase after a guy. It's a very Sweet Valley High kind of moment, the way it's worded, in English at least. Are you surprised, Father? But I couldn't help myself. I wanted to see him so badly. Can you understand how I feel, Father? I'm pretty sure her dad would be pissed about this development if he was still here to be pissed about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Hero is the support I need to have around until I can get over my sadness over you. What? How? What? How? What? That just- man will not do any emotional labor for you, girl. What justification is there for her relationship and her connection to Hero? None. And like I said, unless we're just doing the the Witcher child of surprise thing where it's just destiny, just accept it. They are just linked. Yes. They and are. I don't need to know why they are all right are. but it's a super creepy but it's so weird it's she's insane everything it's also like, pretty much a one-sided relationship yeah, yeah. he yeah, can't yeah, yeah. kill her that's the farthest he's gone maybe she's viewing that as oh he really does he love really me. does love me because he's killed a lot of other he couldn't people. kill me not if um, he wanted to something explodes outside the window and she's not from her chair and it's the boat slash base thing from earlier boat base. it's now in flames and i can guess why and so can relina because she immediately says Hero, because if something explodes, we'll probably hero. Battle, uh, but then it's actually Duo 
who is out there gracefully dismembering Leos with his death scythe. Some gracefully recycled shots. Yes, yes, but that's okay. They get, fit. They fit reasonably well. They haven't used those in a while, uh-huh. so uh-huh. They, they they felt fresher than they deserve to feel. Um, <laughs> looks like I got here first, and then here comes Hero coming out of jet mode, struck suppose. Uh, what took you, Hero? Don't worry, I left you some action. Hero vaporizes some Leos with and kill some of those, uh, the tank leg uh-huh, uh-huh. that you told me about. The Tragos. Yeah. Tragos, yeah, with had the artillery on their shoulders. Um, <laughs> I love this shot, and I love it, like, unironically, of a pilot who's, like, he's in, like, a cloud of smoke, and he's like, damn it, I can't see a thing. Ah! And Hero just... Foot to the face. Steps on his face. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Keeps going. Ah, that made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's, let's see. I lost a play. Oh, yeah. Um... We cut to Otto. Oh, we get a shot of Hero. He blows up the command tower and says, Mission complete, his catchphrase. And he seems kind of chill. Seems kind of happy for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, cut to Otto flying through a crowd of Ares. Out of my way. I can't stand much more. And he blasts some of the Ares out of the sky. Were those Alliance Ares? Yes. Okay. I was confused because I thought they were odd. They're Alliance Ares come flying up from yeah. the okay. base. The that's fine. Base. That, that's fine. It was just a little unclear if he was just killing his own dudes at this point. Um, Zex is on a helicopter uh, trying to chase him down. If only I'd been able to pilot that suit. He's immediately turned this back into more self-loathing. The, ba- the base starts firing its laser cannons. Get that same shot before of them pinging off the hull. And uh, Otto says, Long live King Zex. And crashes into the building as sex says auto um really cool shot of the wreckage of headquarters with like the tall geese with its fist buried like in the what's left of the the main command tower and they cut inside and you see the the slack body of auto uh who has died the music here is cool just everything about that visually mm-hmm. and, yeah uh, that sequence is, is super great uh, Zex is now walking through the ruins of what I immediately assumed to be his old home mm-hmm. when he lived here. He approaches a, a large portrait of his Viking-ass-looking dad um, and uh, removes his helmet. What's Odin doing? Here? Yeah, for the first time, removes his helmet. It took 13 years to return to these grounds. Father, forgive your son. And he launches into a whole thing about there's been so much bloodshed. And to get to this point, I've had to completely forswear Basically everything you held dear. Yep. Um, so I'm not worthy. My hands are too stained with blood, and I cannot lead the Peacecraft monarchy. But she can. As he opens a photo, and we see a picture of him holding a small girl who we can tell, even even though she's like three in the picture, mm-hmm. right? know who that is. Um, and he pledges himself to making sure that she will, in fact, be restored to the throne. And he takes his helmet. And puts it back on. Cut back to the public school kids looking at all the wreckage uh, of the the boat base thing. Uh, <laughs> Pink limo comes back and Relina jumps out and yells, Hero! Which I guess is how, like, she's not even looking at him when she yells it, so I'm left to assume that she, every time she enters a new space, just like a room <laughs> she hasn't been in in a it's while. It's like a radar ping. She just shut, yeah. Hero! And then it, like, it, if, like, if he's nearby, it bounces back. and she Like knows, Marco Polo. She echolocates him. Uh, Duo says, well, hey, good looking, pretty nice day. Well, gotta go, gotta get to class. <laughs> Why they gave him that line? I don't know. It doesn't bounce off of anything. Uh, I do like to hear Duo talk, though. Well, I think it's to show show that they haven't left yet. 
<laughs> We're still here. We're still here. And I think you're good looking. You gotta ah. go to class. Good looking. Hey, sweets. Hey, toots. <laughs> Hero just glares and walks away. He's like, ah. And she says, let me stay by you a little longer. I want to be stronger, just like you. And we crossfade to the picture of her as a child from the royal mansion, in case you didn't get it before. That's her. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, that's her. Wait a second. Uh, uh. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> um, Final thoughts? Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Derek? Um, well, I love tall geese with a deep and abiding love. And I believe this is a justified love. Uh, so yeah, yeah. everything about this whole sequence, about the Gundam that's too powerful for someone to safely pilot it, the only way to pilot it is to be willing to go to the edge of death. To pay the blood price. Every time you pilot it, that's an amazing idea. And in this episode, it's really I think it's pretty well presented. Uh, but with future knowledge, I know this goes away pretty quickly mm. where they don't make a big deal of it for very long. Uh, but beyond that, just I feel like this episode, there's lots of unforced translation errors, animation looking really cheap and really shoddy. And also just things being unnecessarily confusing. And like we said before, them shoving the narrator out to quickly wallpaper over a moment of confusion. Uh, I, I, hmm. I would put just because I love Tall Geese so much, I I would put this right at the middle of the road for me. Um, there's nothing, and I would even go ahead and say I would maybe put it just slightly over on the rad side because Tall Geese is very fucking rad. Uh, but but yeah. Um. Hmm. I I'm kind of in the same boat. I kind of put it on the line. I'm not real sure which way it goes for me personally. Um, there are obviously some good moments there, but there are also a lot of, like you said, some translation issues and just weirdness. And I don't, I don't know why Relina's so insane in this episode. <laughs> no. She's I think the, I she's think not the, a rational person. It may. I think the deal is so the nuts. characters written. With, that she has a wonderful sense of irony right. and a sense of humor. <laughs> right. And in the original Japanese voice staff, I think that was much better conveyed. Maybe. But the, the American voice staff, there is no subtlety. There is no, the being able to just perform irony is not in her wheelhouse. Yeah. I could give you, I could, I could see that for some, there's a way to make those lines work, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't, and not have her just sound like a, a crazy person. But yeah, I, I, I'm putting it in the middle. I'm not sure which way it goes. Yeah, and I think as sort of a point of order for this whole ep enterprise that we've undertaken here, we, we have to kind of decide, do we continue to forgive? We, we, made, a, we made a choice to yeah. do the dub and not uh -huh. the sub. Yeah, so, because it's innately hilarious. It's innately hilarious, and it gives us stuff to talk about. Right. But like when the dub when the translation and the subsequent line delivery is so bad and it's not always that bad no mm. and it's actually gotten better on the whole i right. would say this episode is a bad example of where i tell you where where i start to hit that line with it where i'm like okay i'm gonna start counting this as points against the episode for my final decision right um 
is when it starts distracting me from the flow. If it's so bad that it distracts me from like where I was emotionally with mm-hmm, what's going mm-hmm. on, that I stop and laugh or stop and think, how the hell did that happen? How did somebody catch that and fix that? Mm-hmm. You know, if that happens once in an episode, I don't care. But four or five, six times, I can't pretend it doesn't detract from my enjoyment mm-hmm. of the total episode. So I'm really, I'm really on the line with this one because I love the Zex stuff and I like the idea that he is all of his. Work, usually, villains are working to put themselves in power. He is working to restore a throne that he does not believe he no longer feels that he is worthy of yeah he's the jamie lannister of his time yeah that's right yeah 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 and that's cool is it okay to make game of thrones references now can we i think we're far enough away yeah the blast zone of that fucking mess yeah 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 yeah. but we're still allowed i mean especially we've all read the books and stuff so i'm talking about book jamie book Book jamie Jamie. yeah we're we're still allowed to, to use that as i think as a as a cultural reference point um no, I've honestly been thinking because the next episode is the 10th and there's only 49 episodes. So if this has anything approaching a five act structure, theoretically 10 is the end of act one. Right. And it has a very, honestly, I would argue it's a pretty good end of act one for, for Gundam Wing. But I've started yeah. thinking, okay, we've seen, the, we've seen the highs and the lows already of what this bag of, bag of stuff can do. I've really started to think the show is bad. Just on its face. It is bad. But it can be so rad in moments and the way things come together that it rises beyond itself. Like the 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 sum of its the parts is greater. Yeah. Um, and I would argue that the next episode is a good example of that. Right. To give a little preview, anyway, of kind of how I felt about episode ten. Um. All right. I'm on the rad side. I'm gonna. I'm thinking. Of course you just are. Just barely rad because it's it is the first moment you see how just. How much of a beast the tall geese is. Final answer. That in and of itself, even though I think tall geese is cool, that would not be enough for me to push it over the rad line because all the Gundams have are badass in their sure. own way, right? But I think that plus the Zex stuff, sure. even though the whole thing about him having a heart attack and why he hates himself so much, but it re- I really, when I say the Zex stuff, I mean more his scene in front of his father's portrait. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for that yeah. kind of thing, sure. you know, uh, Simba talking to Mufasa in the clouds, kind of. And that voice actor gave a really good performance throughout that episode. I think, I mean, this one, man, it's dead down the middle, but I think that's enough to push it. Since we forced ourselves into a binary, that is enough to push it over to Rad for me. All right. And so that was Rad for you. Yes. Yes, it was. Wow. Everything's fine here. We did not just (laughs) experience a massive technical breakdown. No. There is no pa- problem with the power grid. Our studio, much like the tall geese, puts extreme demands That's right. on those who use it. Uh, yes, it, it, I'm, I'm going to say, and I don't say it with any great joy in my heart, but I think I have to nudge this one over towards Rad. But I'm going I'm to get to a point where I'm going to start being harder on this show. Oh, no, it's coming soon. Okay. Because I would argue the show only has so many tricks. And yeah. they're going to start repeating them. Just yeah. the way they recycle animation. Don't worry. And the effect is going to lessen. There's a reason I haven't been a hard ass for the first 10 episodes. Because I know there's a lot of there's a long road to hoe. You're willing to give up some cheap points mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Because you know what. Because now it's, it's love. Like it's, yeah. Because I, I think it's, I love Gundam Wing too. But it's. I'm going to take the points. Oh, you take them. <laughs> because even though you say someday you're going to be hard on this show. You never will. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, Jonathan, I'm known for my forever <laughs> my kindness over long-term <laughs> Derek projects. Derek is known for his kindness. That's true. Just he's very old. violent, but he's a nice he's guy. He's a nice guy. I know because the soul of space told me. The we should make some soul of, of space, outer like space <laughs> t-shirts or something. Soul of space is a chance. Make some bitch. soul of outer space merch for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the soul of outer space. The soul of outer space. The People versus Garden of Wing is brought to you by the soul, the soul of, of outer, outer space. space. That was weird. Gentlemen, your closing arguments. How many must die before you see the peril inherent in mobile suit? Gundam Wing. Otto. Sweet Otto. I will think of you every time I think of you. I would also like to formally place my claim the head of the Peacecraft Monarchy. My distant relation, Relina, suffers from a congenital defect of being boy crazy and cannot be trusted with the reins of leadership. The prosecution rests. Colonel Defense Man. The prosecution should indeed rest because Otto deserved to die. You take that back immediately. And I'd watch it a thousand times. You. And laugh. And cackle. And eat popcorn. And curse your name into the infinite beyond. Hurtful. Indeed. I guess it is still my august responsibility to make judgment based on whatever all this stuff is. So, after reviewing the proceedings, I hereby decree that case 109... Portrait of a Ruined Country is red. These verdicts cannot be appealed, or maybe they can be. I don't know. Court adjourned. Can I go home now? The People vs. Gundam Wing is recorded in front of no soldiers. Not a single one. Josh Darnell is played by Josh Darnell. The Prosecution Billiardo Peacecraft is played by Derek Adams. The defense, John Kush Renata the 13th. Colonel Esquire is played by Jonathan Sparks. All episodes of Gundam Wing are presumed rad until proven bad. Shadow Public Radio presentation. For more excruciating action, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you seek podcast content.